Good morning. How are you guys today? You ever seen this book before? It's kind of a famous book. It's called Just a Mess. It's about this boy who lost his baseball glove. And he's mad. He can't find it. And his mom says, maybe you should check your room because your room is a mess. And so he goes in there and he cleans it up. And it's super funny because he tries to clean it up, but it doesn't really help. But at the very end, while he's actually looking for something else, he finds his baseball glove on the other side of the bed, a place that he hadn't even cleaned yet. There it is. He finds his, his glove. You guys ever lost a toy before? Lost something that you really liked? Yeah, me too. It's not fun to, to lose things. We don't want to lose our favorite things. And it's, it's especially frustrating when we can't find it. I realized yesterday that I lost my shaver, my electric shaver. I think he might have had something to do with it. We haven't found it yet. And it's frustrating. I had to use an old-fashioned razor so I didn't look terrible this morning. And I scratched my face all up. It is not fun to lose things and not be able to find them. In a few minutes, we're going to hear Jesus teach us that all of us have been lost. That we were like sheep who were lost or like a toy that was lost. And we have a God who likes to rescue the lost. We have a God who doesn't let us stay lost, but who comes and and finds us. He sent his son Jesus to, to rescue us from sin and from death. We're going to learn about how Jesus' death on the cross takes all of our sins away. He removes our lost condition. He finds us. Jesus has risen from the dead. So he's, de- he's defeated death forever. We don't have to be afraid of death at all. Today we're going to learn that we have a God who rescues the lost. And that is really good news for you and me. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we, we thank you for being the kind of Savior who rescues us, who rescues the lost. We ask that you would help us to love the lost the same way that you love the lost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The portion of God's word that we'll spend a few minutes focusing our attention on this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of our God. Please be seated. Let's pray. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I want you to imagine you are in your early to mid-20s and you've recently completed your education and you've been applying for jobs all over the world. And you just accepted a job in a city that is quite literally on the other side of the world. You've never been there. You don't speak the language. And yet it's an exciting opportunity. So you decide you're going to just jump in and do it. And you're excited. You get on the plane. You you head to the other side of the world. And no more than 10 minutes after walking out of the airport, the excitement's gone. And there's this pit in your stomach that you've never experienced before. You knew this was going to be challenging. You're, You're not... You're not ignorant. But when you saw all the signs were in a language that you didn't understand, you couldn't even recognize the characters of the alphabet, and you heard everybody around you speaking a language that meant nothing to you, and you heard no one speaking your own language, now you understand what it's like to feel lost. And for the first time in your life, you're not really sure what to do next. You get in a a taxi and you head into the main part of the city. You think you're heading in the right direction toward the place that's going to be your home. And as you get out of the taxi and you're walking along the streets, it seems like everybody's looking at you. Some even seem to be shaking their heads, not, not a fan of tourists and outsiders. But then in the mass of humanity, you see one smiling face looking at you. Someone who could tell who you are, a a lost human in need of help. And they know your language. And they come up to you and they take you under their wing. They show you love. They, They communicate with you. They encourage you. They show you around the city. They begin to help you learn the language. That's a face that you appreciate. Now fast forward 40 years. You are still in that same city. You're in your early to mid-60s and never has a place felt more like home than that place which once had you feeling so very lost. You've learned the language. You know it as well as your own native tongue. You know the city like the back of your hand. In one beautiful summer day, you're at your favorite little cafe enjoying a a cup of coffee, watching people walk by, saying hi to all the people you know. And that's when you notice one lost soul looking panicked and terribly confused. What do you do? Are you the smiling face? that helps them out the way you were helped 40 years ago? Or are you one of those shaking heads, frustrated with all the tourists and outsiders? I think we'd all like to think that we would be that smiling face, that we would be that person there to help the one who is lost, to give them that lifeline, to 
to, to put the arm around them and to help them and encourage them. I think we'd like to think that of, of ourselves. But I wonder, would, would the 40 years have caused the memories of the, the lost feelings to fade or, or would they still be there? Our text begins with this group of people gathering around Jesus who probably viewed him kind of like the 20-some version of you would have viewed that smiling face. They were lost and they knew it. They were outsiders. They were sinners. And there in the crowd is this smiling face of this teacher named Jesus. And so they gather around him to hear his words, to see how he can help them. They can't get enough of this smiling face. But then there's this other group of people that are the the head shakers, the ones who don't like the outsiders. They've been in this city, so to speak, their whole lives. And they're the outsiders. We're the insiders. They're the ones shaking their heads. Jesus, you're part of the problem, helping out the people who don't belong. Fast forward, rewind back to to the scene of this, this group of, of people who, who are shaking their heads. They had forgotten something. They had forgotten that at one time, they didn't know their city. At one time, they were lost too. Because there was a time when, even if they lived there their whole life, when they were maybe two, the age of the, the razor thief, If he gets out, where's he going to go? He doesn't know our block. He doesn't know the Mount Olive Loop, let alone Swamico or Green Bay. If that young man is blessed to live long enough in this place to call it home and to know this town, will he remember that that there was a time when he didn't know a thing? Will he remember that people had to show him around and and teach him to know this community? The problem in our text is that the insiders, the insiders, the people who were inside the church, they had completely forgotten what it was like to be lost. They had no memory of it. And and much like a child who who grows up, maybe doesn't have any memory of what it was like to be lost, completely forgets the fact that they were lost and they have no love for the lost. And so Jesus teaches these two parables. The first one is, is a pretty simple one. He says to these insiders who have no love for the lost, if you had 100 sheep and lost one, would you not go find it? Of course you would. Of course you would go find, you would leave the 99 together just for a little bit. They would be okay. They'd be together. And you'd go find the lost sheep and when you found it, you would celebrate like there was no tomorrow. And then the second parable, which seems similar but is a little different. The coins are inanimate objects, right? They have no idea that they're lost. And the coin that is lost never leaves the house. It is in the house the whole time, and has no idea that it's lost. And yet, what does the the woman do? She searches and turns it over and finally does find that coin. And when she does, she celebrates. 
You see, it's possible to be lost inside the house, inside the city, inside the church. Like these Pharisees and teachers of the law demonstrated. And there's this sign of that lost condition winning inside of people who are inside the church. And it often shows itself in a lack of love for the lost. And so here you are, a a room full of people, the 99, gathered inside this church. You, You all thought that it was important to spend some time in God's word today. And good for you. It is a good thing to spend some time on a Thursday night or a Sunday morning spending some time in the word of God. But is this enough for you? To just be with the 99 and shake your head at those who are outside? Christianity is thriving across the world, parts of East Asia, Africa, India. Christianity is growing like crazy. But in our culture, the West, Christianity is on a steep decline. We live in a post-Christian society, an after-Christian society. And so we all know people who are lost, every single one of us. There's no doubt about it. Some of them look like us. They're the kinds of people who grew up inside of a church and they've wandered pretty far away. Then there's those other lost, the really obvious ones, the deviants, the ones that we can't relate to in any way. They are so different from us. Their priorities from yours that could not be farther apart. And you think to yourself, what is it to me? between them and God. There's nothing I could do for them. They're lost. That's their problem. Is that love for the lost? Does that show love or care or concern? Is that the smiling face for the one who is wandering around unsure where to turn next? We'd like to think that we'd be the ones with the smiling face and the helpful hand. But so often we are the ones who let our own lost condition surface and beat down that, that new Christian, that new person that God has created in us. We forget that we were born lost, dead in sin, separated from God, Wanderers, strangers in this foreign land outside of God's kingdom. Maybe we've been in the church our whole life and we don't remember that moment when we were baptized, born into God's family. It's a good reminder of of why it's so important for you and I to remember our baptisms daily. Because in baptism, God did something for you. He took you from outside and brought you inside. He took a lost sinner and brought that lost, scared, separated from him sinner and brought you in. 
and didn't just help you for a day and then pat you on the back and send you on your way. No, he adopted you into his family. He said, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are with me always, and everything I have is yours. That's what God does for for lost sinners in baptism. He brings us into his family, into the family of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He brings us in. He rescues the lost. Jesus said, "When, when one sinner repents, there is rejoicing in heaven. And it's good for us to review what repentance is because we often forget. We often hear about the sinner repenting and we think about the sinner doing something. That's not what's happening in repentance. Repentance is when God, through his word, graciously opens the sinner's eyes to see the reality of sin in his or her life. Repentance is when God, through his word, holds that mirror up in front of you so you can see your lost condition, just like I need to see mine. He reminds us through his word that we on our own are lost. And then he points us to the cross and and empty tomb of his own son, Jesus, who came to rescue us. On a rescue mission sent by his father, to rescue all the lost, those inside the church, those outside of the church, to rescue all the lost. And then he works in our hearts the ability to act and to love what he loves, to act like he acts. He makes our will in line with his. He shows our sin He shows our Savior, and he aligns our will, our desire, with with his. He makes his love for the lost our love for the lost. You see, repentance is something that God works in the heart of sinners like you and me. He makes us aware of our sin. He shows us our Savior, Jesus, and then he gives us the ability to, to serve him, to love like he loves And so here we are, this gathering of people gathered here on a Sunday morning to hear God's word, to be reminded of what our baptism means for us, to to be worked through the process of repentance by our God himself once again, to have our love for the lost refreshed by God himself, the one who loves all the lost. And now by his grace and and with his strength, we get to go out into the world, into a world full of lost people all around us. You know many, I'm confident of that. They're in your workplaces, they're in your neighborhoods, they, they might even be in your own homes. And we get to go out and love the lost like Jesus loves the lost. And like the angels celebrate every single time, one lost sinner is found. We have a lot of celebrating ahead of us. And by God's grace, we will celebrate time after time after time as our love for the lost leads to more and more lost souls led to repentance by God. His will be done and all glory be to him. Let's love the lost. Amen.